Welcome back to Cause Talk Radio by Rashpixel.fm, the podcast that shows do-gooders, nonprofits, and businesses how to build win-win partnerships that raise money and change the world. This podcast is brought to you by the Cause Marketing Forum and Selfish Giving. You can find full show notes and additional resources for today's episode at causeupdate.com and selfishgiving.com. Now on to today's episode. Hey everyone, this is Joe Waters, and I want to welcome you to another episode of Cause Talk Radio. And on the line with me, of course, is my favorite, favorite host, Megan Strand. Hey, Megan. Hello, Joe. It makes it sound like I have another host. I know, but I still like favorite. I'll take it. I know. Favorite, definitely. You know, Megan, this is a really, really exciting show today. This is big. Landmark episode. This is landmark episode. This is like history breaking. I mean, when Donald Trump called me and said, I want to be on Cause Talk Radio, I said, <laughs> you can't this week because we have someone more important on the line. That's right. And that person is David Hesekiel, the founder and president of Cause Marketing Forum, Inc., which recently, Megan, changed its name to engage for good. Hey, Dave, what's going on? It is good to be with you. What I'll a tell great you, way to huh? end the year, man. My two favorite people, my two favorite hosts. That's right, absolutely. Radio. Now, Dave, we gotta, get, we gotta get something out of the way right up front, okay? All right. Because one of the things that Megan and I have been talking about is like, what is, it, we know that you are the founder and president of Cause Marketing Forum, Inc., but what you've done for Cause Marketing is so much bigger than that. We need a bigger name for you. Is it the father of cause marketing? Is it the king of cause? Is it the mother of cause marketing? Like <laughs> Carol Cohn. Now, I want to suggest something right now, and I hope my listeners will agree with me on this. I had thought today to call you the captain of cause marketing. But you know what? Captain is too low of a rank for you. So I am suggesting to the world today that you be known as the Commodore of cause marketing. Oh, that has a What do you fine think? What do it. you think? You know, because not only is it a lofty title, but it also ha- connotes history to it. You know, there's a big historical, mm. the Commodore. And just so you know, you don't outrank a rear admiral, but Commodore <laughs> is very high. Well, it's, it is an honor, and I look forward to being dubbed uh, Commodore. That's it also, right. there was there was a character. Did any of you guys watch um, Boardwalk Empire? Yes. Yep. Okay. The Commodore was pretty twisted, and yep. so I think that makes it doubly appropriate. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting, <laughs> David. I'm reading a great book you would probably enjoy. It's on Cornelius Vanderbilt. Oh. And and he was the one who founded the family fortune, the Vanderbilts. In today's dollars, he would have two hundred billion dollars, and they used to call him the Commodore. It's, I'm it, fits, grow, it fits you, David. Yeah, I'm going to grow mutton chop uh, sideburns. <laughs> that's just right. So I can em- look like my yeah. That's uh, right. And you know what we'll do? We'll get you a uh, we'll get you an admiral. Well, we can't get you an admiral hat, but we'll get you a captain's hat that you can wear we at go. the conference. Well, I've been known to wear some weird things at the Cause Marketing Forum or now Engage for Good Conference, and yeah. that could that could be in my uh, yeah well ensemble. So, so, so this is a big year because it is the 15th anniversary. So you do have to have something special. Oh, Moses. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And you started, and correct me if I'm wrong, you started the Cause Marketing Forum when you were just 25 years old. <laughs> well, I, oh, oh, that it were so. <laughs> what, why don't you give us a little background? A uh, little bit of background. <laughs> uh, Jack of all trades, master of none. That's right. Uh, did, uh, was a freelance writer, a newspaper reporter, got an MBA, worked in magazine publishing for 10 years, 
worked in the consumer marketing agency business for five years, did one quixotic nine-month stint as the CMO of a dot-com in that first crazy dot-com. Oh, book. yeah, back and, in, what, around 2000, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the moment that we got our first infusion of capital was the moment that the market said, Ugh. People actually have to know how to make money with these things, and we never quite figured that out. And so I went off to my home office uh, to the to the absolute uh, abhorrence of my wife, who was going, "Wait, I invited, I married you for better or for worse, but not for lunch. What are you doing here?" And uh, started consulting to 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 figure out what I was going to do next. And in the cr- process of that, got a lot of assignments in. Uh, coming up with ideas on cause marketing and and looked around. There was no selfish giving. There was no place to look for information on how companies could do well by doing good. And, I, and I'd had this multifaceted, to be generous, uh, career up to then. And I said, you know what? I could pr- I could bring these people together. I've done a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and I'm willing to work day and night. Uh, let's see if we can put on a conference and a website that would be a resource to all of them. And in 2003, we did it. Um, everything was the first. I'd never thrown an event. I'd never printed a brochure. I, you name it. And 240 people came from all across America. And depending on whether my wife is in the room or not, I say it's either the first or the second best day of my life. Uh, <laughs> and... It, it was just amazing. And people were just as they are now, were passionate about this area. But back then, they felt like so, like nobody understood them. They might work the, in relations at a nonprofit or they might be trying to get this to work at a business. And other people would look at them like they had two heads. And, uh, and they, they thanked me for bringing them together. In spite of all of the you know rookie errors that we made, and it has been truly a, a, a fabulous ride ever since. And I can't believe we're coming up on our fifteenth anniversary. Years. You know, it's so funny, David, because when I talk to people, and I especially talk to young people just getting into the field, and you know, I tell them, I was like, you don't realize how lucky you are that so many people know about cause marketing these days. Because I remember, Mm. you know, back in the 90s and early 2000s and stuff, it's like, you know, you really had to explain to people what this was all about. And, uh, and, you know, and, you know, I think cause marketing has become a legitimate part of the marketing mix for both nonprofits and businesses. And, uh, but, you know, it certainly wasn't that way. And it wasn't that way not too long ago. Yeah, it's, it's amazing how it's changed. However, our name change is reflective of, a, of, of another trend that goes beyond that, which is cause marketing in some people's eyes as a term. And we are, we like many other fields, we have a lot of people talking about the same thing with different language all the time. But for a lot of people, cause marketing is only, you know, buy this and we'll give a dollar. Right, right. And uh, and in fact, we feel like some people are missing out on being part of our community because they think that it is very, very narrow and very, very short term. Where in fact, if you've been, if you, uh, to, to, to blow my own horn and that of my co-authors, if you read Good Works, the work I worked on with Nancy Lee and, and Phil Kotler a few no, years was ago. A, it was a great book and we'll put that in the notes, folks, so you can find that. 
uh, you know, we talk about six different types of corporate social initiatives, everything from those promotional programs to corporate social marketing that's trying to change people's behavior in positive ways to employee volunteerism to socially responsible business practices and cause promotion, lots and lots and lots of different ways. And usually now what companies are trying to do is find a way to make this more core to their business. It's part of how they operate. The, the, the poster child right now of that in our world is Unilever, which has a CEO who is going around from Davos to you know, Englewood Cliffs, New Jersey, where the, the U.S. headquarters is, uh, talking about how important it is for them to be committed to keeping our world alive, taking care of the people on it, and that that is not contradictory to building successful businesses. And he points out, they put in their annual reports, that their purpose-driven uh, product uh, lines, whether it be Dove soap or Domestos uh, toilet cleaner uh, and many others, that those are some of the highest performing brands in their portfolio. So and when we talk to folks, I'm sure you've had this conversation on, on, on your show. There's a great concern also about getting employees engaged. If your employees aren't engaged in general, you've got a, a problem with your workforce. And in this day and age, where there, the social contract is so few of us who will ever go to work out of college for a company and 40 years later get a retirement watch, uh, they need to do things to get people feeling a part of something. And so uh, having a cause orientation, uh, getting them involved in, 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 in a purpose uh, that makes a difference in the world and pays the bills, is critical for them. And so engage for good is our way of saying we are about this spectrum of techniques, of strategies, of orientations that, that enable companies to do well by doing good. Yeah, I think it doesn't make it. I think it really captures kind of the broader goal of what David is talking about. I'm, I'm interested, David, to hear you talk a little bit more about how cause marketing has evolved and maybe in some cases has dwindled um, mm -hmm. as as companies are looking at this more strategic effort. Talk a little bit about what you've seen that's maybe fallen to the wayside. Absolutely. Well, first of all, you know, one of the things I want to point out is that people who work in our field, uh, they generally have a mixture of great professionalism and commitment and strategic thinking and uh, a little naivete might be the wrong word, but a, a, a sort of a desire to be a thousand percent successful because they're, they have a cause that they're associated with. And the reality that I sometimes have to remind people of is because I'm going to talk about the good, the bad and the ugly in cause is that in every field of endeavor, not everything is a home run and even more so take cause out of the equation. Most campaigns, most initiatives, you know, last X number of years, it's really exceptional when you find campaigns that last five, 10, or even longer years. And True. so, um, uh, so what I'm about to share in terms of some of the changing of the guard doesn't mean that these were failures or, or even irrelevant. So when we got started, 
there was a great deal of emphasis on the traditional cause-related marketing type programs that tied consumer action to uh, some sort of a donation. Recently, we've been discovering that some of that, that although that tactic is still used, some of the best known programs that have lasted a decade or more uh, are, have gone away in this, in this very year was kind of a shock. And they were generally announced pretty quietly. Um, so for example, Yo Play Save Lids to Save Lives has raised millions and millions of dollars and always showed me the power of cause because the concept was you bought Yo Play and it, when it had a pink lid on it, you saved the lids and then you sent it into General Mills and they would give a dime for each lid that was sent in. And when you think about people storing icky Yoplait uh, <laughs> lids, you can imagine the smell by the time you got your collection ready and what it was like when they collected it. But people did it in droves by the millions every year. That program, after I, something on the order of 15 or 18 years, uh, mm. just was shut down. Uh, uh, Campbell's. Uh, had a program called uh, Lids Labels for Education, uh, which helped buy equipment for schools, was never quite the powerhouse that uh, Box Tops for Education at General Mills is, uh, but it still was a substantial program. They just shut that uh, down. Um, and then uh, Target uh, has changed its focus to another very worthy uh, focus, now much more oriented toward wellness. But for years, their number one topic, which they raised something on the order of a billion dollars for over the years, was education. And they now have shifted away from take charge for education, which linked uh, uh, credit card, target credit card usage to donations uh, to local schools. So there's, what we're seeing is that, uh, that, that some of the, long-standing programs uh, people have moved on from and are, are doing different things and very often uh, are, are, are it's part of an entire realignment of their business. I mean, General Mills is an amazing company, um, but it is having to, just the way that people are eating is different now uh, and they are competing uh, and, 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 and changing up many of their programs. They, they've done some really neat new programs. Target also has had to reevaluate re, re how it does business. You know, Dave, I think what's important, too, is it's the nature in which people consume these types of programs, too, is I think people are looking for new types of campaigns, new types of programs that, you know, you won't see these programs probably again that last 15, 17 years. I mean, I think we'll see more companies making a long-term commitment to an issue, but the campaigns, I think, are going to change a lot more frequently. Do you agree with that? Yeah, well, you know, the and looking and thinking about what's changed, when we got started, other than Newman's own, it would be, there are very, very, very few, I guess Ben and Jerry's would be another one, very few of what we now see in droves, which are businesses that have a cause or a purpose at their core. Now, the whole, the whole B Corp movement is based on people who want to start off by saying, we, we make a commitment to the social goals of our business uh, as well as the financial returns. Uh, you know, there was no Tom's when we got started. That's right. There was no Warby Parker. 
there was no honest company. Um, there were a lot of dishonest companies, but there was no honest. You know, uh, the uh, the people at Seventh Generation just sold to Unilever. Uh, it, it's it's been an it, it's an amazing time, and I think you're absolutely right, Joe. Uh, that what we'll see is commitments and alignments of products with a purpose from the get-go or, or more central. Um, and, and then that will translate into a variety of different uh, campaigns that bring that to light and get people engaged. I think one of the characteristics too, and I'd be curious to know if both of you agree with this, is you're not, I don't think you're seeing as many one company, one nonprofit partnership, which I think was, correct me if I'm wrong, David, that, that seemed like that's how it had started. But it seems now like you've got CVS committed to the tobacco-free generation and health. And they're not just partnering with one nonprofit. They've got armies of nonprofit to, to help them with their purpose-focused mission. So what do you think? Do you think um, you're going to see I, less I, of that? Well, actually, I think I, I might, I might uh, change the emphasis a little bit on that in that I think in the early years, the nonprofits were the heroes of the campaign. Because as in, do this and we'll give a dollar to Komen mm -hmm. uh, in the breast cancer field. And now the hero, because every because it's so much more uh, easy to look up and the demand for it is so much greater, people want to know what impact is. So the emphasis is more on we're going to wipe out smoking and we're doing it with the American Lung Association. Um, so that there are still a, a lot, a lot of terrific nonprofit partners and partnerships. Uh, but the emphasis in the communications is more on what they're accomplishing together and less on the fact that they're giving money to that organization. Yeah, I, I think that's a good point. I think too that um, businesses have just gone, have gotten a lot more comfortable about engaging themselves in the business of cause too, where now they realize it's like, wow, we, you know, we can do a lot of the same things that a nonprofit would do. And I think one of the things that they like about it, and I've actually talked to corporate clients about this, David and Megan, and they've been positive about this too, is it gives them a little bit more control over the campaign too. Uh, and then they can decide either through their foundation or through their CEO or their marketing team who the money is going to go through. But, you know, one of the things I've been predicting, too, and I've actually cautioned nonprofits on this, is that the future is more companies getting into the cause space and perhaps managing their own campaigns in which the nonprofit becomes, like you said, David, a secondary focus. Yes, uh, although I, I, I still find... Uh, uh, that the <laughs> most companies are still, th there are very few companies in which you see them having an abundant staff, um, even in the, in the, in the, in, in the profit making brands, uh, and certainly in the areas in which they have some specialization in delivering corporate citizenship type programs. And they, most of them depend a great deal on their nonprofit partners to actually know what the heck is going on in the field. Uh, so uh, interesting. The other thing is I just got off the phone with a huge nonprofit, uh, which has a lot of good news to share, but um, they're not quite ready to share it. But 
there are there are groups that still to this day are just now developing the capabilities that make them really valuable partners. Because that's the, the other difference. Is it used years ago? There were still many nonprofits that 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 felt they could, could could compete in this area just by you know saying here's our logo, here's our name, say we're the beneficiary. There's a lot of halo effect from that. Uh, now companies want to know what what can you bring to the party if you really want to be a prominent part of our, our of our program. And uh, and and more and more of them are getting smarter about figuring out how that works for them. And it's not for everybody. Yeah. Speaking of, I think we would be remiss if we didn't mention the Halo Awards. David, do you want to talk a little bit about oh, how people might apply to a Halo Award betcha. and what what is a Halo Award? All of that good oh. stuff. What's a Halo Award? That's like asking that's like asking people what an Oscar is, Megan. How, I'm how, just saying. How detached do you think our listeners three, are? There are probably three people listening to this podcast that don't know what it is. So for you three, All I want right. to explain. It <laughs> has been one of the great joys of the last 15 years to be the 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 sponsors of the creators of the Halo Awards, which are uh, a group of awards. Uh, this year, I believe we'll, we are, they have them in 10 categories, where companies and causes submit their entries. Uh, it could be the best health campaign. It could be the best uh, cause-related video. Many, many different categories. Best point-of-sale fundraising campaign. And an esteemed panel of judges uh, gets together, reads all of the finalist uh, applications, and then we give away gold and silver awards at our annual conference. And it is um, it serves a couple of purposes. One is it's a great opportunity to shine a light on some of the great work being done. You know, the three of us uh, cause nerds that we are spend every day looking for these programs and feel pretty well informed. And yet every year there are entries that come through that I had never heard of. And I'm sure that that were news to you. So there's a, it's a great uh, a way of finding out for us, finding out what's doing in the field, shining a spotlight and, and, and some glory on the great work, the hard work that folks are doing out there. And then it becomes a repository of information because we, we write summaries on all of the winners on our website and you can go and search and find all of them. It's really, really fa fabulous. And in fact, a couple of years ago, I made a deal with uh, Duke University and the archives of all of the original submissions now reside in a marketing uh, archive at Duke so that uh, researchers uh, studying this cause phenomenon can have access to them. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah, very, yeah. very cool. Yeah. So amazing thing. And in fact, I, I was looking at some of last this year's uh, entries uh, to try to give an example of that. And my, I think one of my favorite, uh, the, the ones that surprised me, the ones that I, I, I kind of remember and love the best, there was a program that we gave a halo to this year uh, that was submitted by a uh, organization in your fine state, Senior Living Residences. This is a group of residences for older people, uh, for people with disabilities, and they have units for people with dementia and Alzheimer's. And they uh, created a program in which they provided free training to nurses and doctors and policemen and firemen, all sorts of people who dealt with the public 
on how to recognize somebody who might be suffering from dementia or senility, Alzheimer's, et cetera, and how to best deal and cope with them in a situation where sometimes you might, you might, you know, not even understand what was going on. It, cre- it created great goodwill. It educated people in their state as to how to better work with this unfortunately growing population. And as from a business perspective, this senior living residences depends on people being referred to their facilities. And now they have an army of people who are familiar with them as an institution. Mm-hmm. And they have like a 99% occupancy rate. It yeah. was a classic example of, you know, it has nothing to do with buying a consumer product. It's in an area where I never in a million years would have thought there would be this type of corporate social initiative. Mm. And it made real business sense and it, it provided real value to the people of the Commonwealth. Yep. Yep. And, well, and we should we should mention, too, that people can still apply for Halo Awards for 2017. Yes. The submission period is open through January 17th, 2017, and it closes the well, sorry, it's open through the 17th. But if you're tardy, you can have till the 24th if you're willing to pay a few extra bucks for the submission. Yeah. And then I will spend a week straight reading all of the submissions, picking four finalists in each category and then a, a, a panel of uh, judges from the nonprofit sector, from the marketing services, uh, consulting sector, and the corporate sector will come together and make the final determinations so that nobody can come after me with a knife and say, why didn't you give me a hell award? <laughs> and I'm sure they have. Dave. Oh, baby. I'm sure they have you. Our I mean, brutal. that's why I think it's important. Guards. You know, I've asked for Secret Service coverage for you, for that Thank reason. You. you know, I mean, we have to. I pro- think I just, as a Commodore, I think I deserve that. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> well, you know, you make a good point, though, and this is what I think is so exciting about Cause these days, David and Megan, is that we're it's we're seeing it in so many different areas. And you know, one of the things I think is so powerful about Cause, David, I think your example points to this too, is just how embedded it's going to be in every aspect of our lives. You know, and and, and so when when someone says, "Well, where do you think the future of Cause is? Is it going to be here? Is it going to be there?" and my response response to that is it's going to be everywhere. Well, we live in confusing times, my friend. Yes, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> um, but I, I, I'll answer that with a, in a couple of ways. One is I'm sitting here at my desk also with another book to my right from another Massachusetts uh, resident. Life is Good uh, wrote a book about their efforts yeah. uh, and, and cause and uh, giving back and taking care of kids is a very important part of their message. But then I also have another book in front of me called Good is the New Cool, mm-hmm. written by a couple of marketers uh, and they, in which they profile about uh, two dozen very interesting people doing all sorts of interesting work. Um, and yes, I would say that this is an expectation of, of, of businesses going forward. The millennial generation, it's been written uh, about – over and over again, uh, they are looking for purpose in their work. They're looking for purpose in the products that they buy. So yes, I feel very optimistic uh, that this is the case. It would be uh, hard, however, to ignore the fact that we just had an election that completely threw me for a loop Yep. <laughs> in terms of what a lot of people value. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... 
if we, as the Chinese say, may you live in interesting times. It's going to be interesting to see how this, mm-hmm. how this plays out in the, in the, in the, in the next few years. Yep. Uh, but I think it's a, it, it, it remains a big part of the American psyche. I think no matter where you live on the, on the spectrum, uh, politically that people believe that they should be giving back to community at what their favorite ways of doing that. And what are some of the hot button issues, uh, differ. Um, and it'll be interesting to see if this becomes politicized, but, uh, there may be swings who knows whether, uh, this may be detrimental to groups that work in, uh, foreign, uh, countries, you know, that have sort of foreign development goals. If there's a sort of an America first, uh, attitude that sweeps the nation, I, I, I think, I don't think that it's going to be one thing or the other, but stay tuned. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll absolutely. See. Yeah. And, and you know, what's interesting too, uh, David Megan is post-election. We really saw people, uh, dig deep in terms of, uh, supporting causes that they cared about. I mean, uh, giving Tuesday had a very decent year yes. this year. They, you know, we, I think they collected, uh, an additional $40 million over what they collected yet last year, which is pretty yep. impressive. And, you know, so I think in a lot of ways, Dave cause is leading the way. Uh, because people are responding both with their activities, with their employers, and with their money um, in supporting causes that they care about. Yeah, I, I think that people are looking for meaning, looking for um, community, yep. and that uh, gathering together around causes that, that can uh, unify um, and helping others uh, will continue to be a, a powerful force. David, thank you so much for joining us for Cause Talk Radio. You know, one thing we didn't mention, though, was when the Engage for Good conference is going to be in 2017, because uh, I know I know the three of us will be there, absolutely. as well as probably most of our listeners. So it's do share be- that with us, too. As Joe would say, it's going to be a wild potty. That's right. It's going to be a, it's going to be a wicked potty. Wicked, wicked wild potty. potty. <laughs> All right. It I'm always is. Every back. year, it gets better and better. We have a blast. So it's going to be May 31st and June 1st, smack dab in the center of our fine country in Chicago, Illinois, at the JW Marriott. And if you go to engageforgood.com, you'll be able to learn all about it. Uh, the actual program will be up in the beginning of January. Uh, but the details, and if you want to get it in on your 2016 budget, that will be uh, available uh this month. So uh, can't wait to see you all there. Excellent. And we will look forward to uh, the 15th anniversary costume that you'll be pulling together to open the conference this year. Commodore's hat, baby. (laughs) I'm going on eBay right now. (laughs) We'll put all those great links in the show notes. And we're, I know that I am personally biased, of course, but I am very excited about the rebrand and the new name and all this, all this goodness. So Joe, where can people find you online if they'd like to do that? Well, people can find me on Twitter, talking to Megan and to David, by the way, you can find David on Twitter at Dave cause and i remember sitting down with you over the phone david and helping you with your twitter name uh, i was a- and you you were like what what should i do on twitter you know and you were asking me and, <laughs> and we were like brainstorming na- names and you were like how about dave cause and it stuck and so you should definitely follow uh, David on Twitter. Uh, you can follow me at Joe Waters. Don't forget to check out my blog, Selfish Giving. Sign up for my email newsletter. Get seven great cause marketing graphics. And, of course, all those pins on Pinterest, Pinterest.com 
front slash Joe Waters. What about you, Megan? Where can people find you? You can also find me on Twitter at Megan Strand and I tweet for Engage for Good at Engage for Good. You can find show notes for today's episode at engageforgood.com as well as selfishgiving.com. And be sure to sign up and subscribe to Cause Talk Radio in iTunes so that you do not miss an episode. And on behalf of David and Joe and myself, I'd like to thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Cause Talk Radio. And we'll talk to you next time.